This is Boat Crew RPG with Not All That Glitters. So, you guys found out who, about who Anvari was from the old myths. Found out that he was yet another one of Loki's victims, but one of the few who was able to in some way strike back. And we know that he has now asked you for his help and said that he would be contacting you shortly. Shortly might involve why there's a doorbell ringing as you guys finish comparing notes on the books. Uh, I still haven't showered. Don't worry, I'll get it. Just make sure Joseph doesn't run out because then I won't be able to find him. If he slides under somebody's door and steals their food, I'm going to get yelled at. So she makes sure that her pants are zipped up and she kind of walks hurriedly towards the front door to open and see who it is. You look there, there is a young and patient looking blonde kid in jeans, a heavy jacket for the cold, just kind of tapping his feet and looking. He's like, oh, good. M. Sutter and A. Lincent. Lincent? Yeah. Hi. And she kind of like looks at him and waves awkwardly. She's not the most social person. Uh, He pulls an envelope out of a small messenger bag for you. Uh, Thank you. Do I have to sign for it? Holds out a clipboard with a small, it's basically a little signature panel and a letter received. She'll grab it, quickly sign it, and just say, thank you, appreciate it, stay warm today. Gives you a quick little salute and runs back off as you can close the door. Maddie uh, heads back to her room without opening the envelope since it's meant for the two of them. And she kicks her door shut, even though it kind of opens up again. She gives up and she sets the the envelope in front of Aurelia and says, well, you know how it goes. The universe and its timing. I think this is what we're looking for. Care to open it? Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, I rip open the envelope and take out whatever letter or card is in there. All right. There is a on nice thick paper, a very carefully written letter in slightly blocky, older penmanship that says, "Thank you for considering to meet with me." Miss Lincent, I would appreciate your company for formal negotiations with the others who I believe can be of assistance. Meeting to be held in Amsterdam tomorrow. Please find enclosed two first class tickets. Your hotel will be paid for complete with any reasonable Room service. Signed, A. Ah, so the dwarf is inviting us over to Amsterdam. Amsterdam? She kind of asks questioningly and she grabs the letter to read it just to make sure, you know, Aurelia's not putting a fast one on her. Over the pond. Uh, Oh gosh, isn't that that city where people do all sorts of nasty things? I look at her like, have you ever been in a big city? (laughs) Uh, I try to avoid them at all costs. And she kind of takes a second. There's like 
a thought processing in her mind and she suddenly realizes she's going to be in this, you know, city where that has this sort of reputation for prudes like her. And she's going with, of all people, Aurelia. And she already knows this is just going to be a massive shit show. She looks at the air tickets and says, tomorrow? The tickets are, in fact, for a flight leaving in six hours. Today? I shrug. This is and my life. Welcome. <laughs> yep, the tickets are dated the six hours. It looks like, according to your itinerary, you've got a flight out of Boston. There is also a pass for the prepaid tickets for the bus from Manchester down to Boston, too. So you don't even have to care about your cars. Manchester being the city one town over from you. Well, at least we're not. Uh, well, the bus ride does remove some of the carbon footprint, but those plane tickets. And she looks a little nervous. And she kind of looks at Joseph. She's like, Joseph, you got to stick with me. You can't get lost in the city, okay? City people, they're savages. Make your hair really poofy today so I can hide better. They don't no. poke at the hair. Oh, gosh. I hope not. And she kind of looks at Aurelia and says, we don't have a lot of time. We've got to, we've got to pack. I don't even know what the weather's like in, in, in Sin City, Amsterdam. She's thinking already of all the, like, the longest sleeves, the longest pairs of pants. She's going to basically look like a boy if she can help it. And it's also February. I make it sunny. Uh, uh, just, uh, she kind of seems like very frazzled all of a sudden, like her plants have gotten a wrench thrown in them. I'm going to go pack. You should go pack. Let's meet out front. Um, we'll, we'll take a ride to the bus station. We'll take the bus. We'll take the plane. Okay, we can do this, right? We can do this. Sure. Just... The, the real question is whether we want to and should and all that. If there's one thing you should know about the universe is that when you're called to, to action, when you're called to be of service, you either answer that call or the universe knocks louder. And you don't want it to knock louder. Good point, actually. You're a, you're you're German, right? Uh, do you speak any Dutch? No, but maybe we get lucky. I, I think they mostly speak English. Lucky, right. No, no, we're not leaving this up to chance. I think I know someone who can help us on that end of the world. Okay, then. All right. It's wonderful how at least some phone apps make it incredibly easy to make international calls. Wonderful things like Skype and Zoom and someone like that. As a person very comfortable with technology, Anne van Laren has all the ways of communication when it so pleases her. And at this moment, one of them starts ringing incessantly while you were at work in your lab. And let's hear a little about, about you and your lab, how things were going when the phone started ringing. As the phone started ringing and was in a dust coat, it's not a full-on lab coat. It's just there to keep any dust from her clothing within reach of her clothing and not in the space around her. Um, she had her hair up 
and a way even in a hairnet so that no hair could fall into whatever she was working on. Her hands were covered in gloves because she is working with a very delicate watch at the moment. So she is having her glasses on. She's working through an uh, through what's that called? An hand. One of those little glass boxes. Yeah, so it's it's entirely dust free, but also it enhances what she is doing, so she can work with even smaller things than that she could normally work with. And she is in the middle of putting a very very tiny delicate gear into place when all of a sudden her pocket starts to vibrate, and it's just it's that vibration that makes. The entire arm shake as well, because that's how vibrations work. So she takes a couple breaths, puts down the little delicate piece again, puts down the tweezers that she was using, takes her hands out of the box, walks out of the dust-free room and, and uh, takes off her gloves and finally answers the phone. It it may take a while. <laughs> like maybe she even, it went to voicemail and she has to call back because she was just knee deep into this construction. Madeline, what kind of a voicemail did you leave Anne? Something definitely awkward. Um, uh, how did I? How did it, we meet again, Madeline and Anne? Anne was one of the people who was helping show around American mages when there had been a gathering of verbena in the Netherlands that your mentor insisted on bringing you along to. A couple of years ago, some of the other mages in the area, including ones who were not actually with the Verbena, played a few hosting roles to keep everything smoothed over. It was a very interesting experience getting to meet a lot of witches from somewhat different cultures with very different takes on things. A lot of them were really old school. When you thought you were old school, you realized that... You are still playing with cell phones when some of them would be embarrassed to be caught dead without an athane that they somehow stuck around in countries that no longer allow knives on the streets. Yeah, okay. Um, In that case, Maddie just kind of presses her ear and her mouth to her very old-fashioned flip phone, and she hears the beep of the voicemail, and suddenly her mind goes blank, and she kind of awkwardly stutters, I am... uh, uh, and then you can kind of hear Aurelia in the background, like talking to her and her being like, shh, 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 stop, I'm leaving a message. Uh, hi, Anne, it's, um, Maddie, uh, Madeline Sutter from the, you know, the, the United States with, um, Janet, my mentor, you, you and I met a while back with the, uh, with the, with that one meeting. Um, huh, yeah, no, leave me alone. Uh, so really sorry to bother you, but the thing is that, we're literally boarding a plane right now with Aurelia, who kind of works with me, for me, in my chantry and I. And uh, we need your help. Something's happening. We've been called to action in your area. I don't speak Dutch. And I was wondering if you would do me a really huge favor and just, like, not let me die because I can't speak Dutch. Anyway, if you could just call me back, I'd really appreciate it. And she'd, like, leave her number and then... She thinks she hangs up and she's like, God, that was so freaking stupid. Oh, my God. And then, you know, Joseph kind of like gets on the phone and presses the end call button for her. But, you know, because she doesn't know that the phone was still recording. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, She checks her phone for a bit because 
a that was a chaotic call but sure and then she quickly checks her schedule and yeah like this project needs to be finished but having a favor an outstanding favor is nice and her mentor has been bitching about socializing with people and getting your network together and that kind of stuff so that will also get her mentor off her back so she decides to just press the call back button because her phone is slightly more modern and actually saved the number so she just calls back madeline maddie picks up and she immediately presses the phone to her ear and kind of turns her back to aurelia and says hello hi uh, is this Anne? hi maddie it's Anne. Hi, Anne. I'm so sorry to bother you. I, I know you're probably really busy with, you know, your, your lab and stuff. Um, I, I just, we're literally, an associate of mine and I are on a plane to mm-hmm. Amsterdam. And um, we've been called for something that I, I, you know, I can't say over the phone, you know how it goes. But uh, I really think we're going to need a, an extra set of hands on this. And Definitely a, a local would be a huge asset. I would be forever in your debt if you could just help us crack this one open. That, that's great. But you're already on the plane. How are you calling from a plane? We're kind of not off the runway yet. We're still boarding. And you can hear people in the background just kind oh, of bumping gosh. to each other. Uh, it was really, really last minute. You know, I'm, I'm, I know this is so unprofessional, but we just got the notice this morning. And um, yeah, we had a handful of hours to pack and get to the airport before we're on our way to Amsterdam. Well, that's the least interesting city you can visit in this entire country. Uh, But I'm sure I can arrange something within the next six to seven hours. That's going to be late. That's fine. I'll fix something. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll pick you up at, at at the airport. Oh, thank you so much. You have no idea what a lifesaver you are. I owe you one big time. Oh, I won't let you forget. Oh, um, do you remember? Do you remember Ella? How could I forget? Yeah. She she wants me to tell you that she's already excited. She doesn't quite understand what is going on, but she's already excited. Ella is jumping up and down in the corner and moving back and forth between two different piles of socks, one of them brightly colored, the other one full of socks have clashing patterns and she can't seem to make up which one she's interested in at the moment or which one she's trying to explain to you through. But there's a lot of motion and a very goofy grin. Ella, calm down. You have time to fix your outfit for the next couple hours. It will be okay. Okay, I, I gotta go. I gotta fix stuff over here. Do you already have a place to stay and everything? Yes. Uh, our host, which we'll get into later, uh, we have a place to stay. It's all paid for within reason, whatever that means. Um, so Joseph won't be eating us at a house at home. But yeah, we, we have lodging. We're fine. But thanks for asking. Okay, that saves me a bunch of calls. Uh, sure. I'll see you in a couple hours. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, we're getting told to turn the you know, phones yeah, off. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, te- I'll text you. I'll, yeah, I'll call when I get there. Bye. Please lock your seats and tray tables in the upright position. Make sure that you have your seatbelts fully fastened as the 
flight attendant starts going through the routine. And if you've ever flown, you know that the routine always feels longer every flight than the flight before. This time is no exception. It seems to drone on forever. And once or twice, you feel like Joseph might accidentally poke his head out of your hair. Or are they going to think that any of my ritual tools in the bag are prohibited items when we land? I hope not. You had to avoid taking anything sharp with you, just in case. Or anything that looks like it could be sharp, because... Americans are crazy, as everyone outside of America knows. I totally imagine she tried to put her athame through, and they told her no, and she had to explain, it's not even sharp. It's not sharp. It's it's ritualistic. And then they confiscated it. Yeah. I mean, Aurelia might have even pointed that out when you were packing, so it wouldn't have gone in the, you know, checked luggage. <laughs> but at least you're flying first class. And you did actually have a checked bag each paid for, too. Several hours later, it's horribly late in Amsterdam when the plane ends, lands there, and feels even later once you've finished getting through customs for your brief sightseeing visit, as you ended up explaining to the passport officer. (laughs) Because a one-week vacation doesn't happen to have any special requirements these days. And I hope you didn't mind being awake late because it's certainly not early when the plane's able to hit the ground. No, she doesn't really mind. She usually spends up like she usually spends her days in the lab uh, like and stays up late anyway. It's just that this time she had to leave the lab earlier. She still had to make a phone call to her mentor, which she wasn't planning to do this today, um, and explain that all her projects were on hold for this week, at least maybe the foreseeable future because she got a call from Madeline to help, um, which her mentor understood and was thrilled about, but also the the research needs to be done. It's kind of inconvenient, but that's mostly Anne's perspective. She finally managed to get that gear into place um, and it, she's just happy to live in a country that is so small that from where she is, it's only 25 minutes to the airport. So she basically has to start driving by the time they have landed and not much earlier because they will need to go to through customs and it will take time for their luggage to arrive. So, yeah, she arrives on the airport about 20 minutes after the plane has landed and still in time. And as was predicted, everyone seems to at least speak enough English for Madeline to be able to get through without trouble. It would be pretty disconcerting if it wasn't for that almost uniquely American feeling that, well, of course, everyone speaks English. And she's able to get through with Aurelia without too much trouble. It was a relatively light load, so there wasn't a huge line. And apparently the reservation for the hotel that was in with the letter is at a slightly old, smaller inn that seems to have been operating for several hundred years just outside the city proper. One of those things that probably qualifies as a register of historic buildings or such. 
It is quite dark and quite cold by the time you get there, however. Does anyone have anything that they were going to talk about on the car ride over, perhaps? Uh, have Aurelia and Anne met? I'm not sure right now. Madeline might have at least mentioned you in the past. Since you're not with the Verbena, you didn't technically need to go over to Europe at that point in time. And it was before the Chantry was founded. So there might be a little bit of a awkward quiet from that, but it's still a good chance for the little bit of hellos and someone like that. Both of you are sitting in the back seat of the car. There is an umbrella in the passenger seat in the front, actually, that's just sitting there quietly with a strangely contained feeling of energy. Maddie's going to volunteer to break the awkward silence as it suddenly dawns on her that Aurelia and Anne have not met. And she's going to say out of nowhere, just, oh my gosh, you know, and be startled for a second. I am so sorry. Um, Anne, oh gosh. (laughs) Anne, this is Aurelia who um, kind of works with me at the Chantry. You know, we discussed the Chantry uh, and Aurelia. This is Anne. Uh, I met Anne a couple of years back through my mentor, Janet, who had, you know, kind of sent us over here. It's it's a verbena thing. She was very nice. She was very hospitable and um, up front. And she kind of gently points at the passenger seat. That is Anne's familiar, Ella. And I opens up on the umbrella like just suddenly passing by its brightly colored pattern. Now there's an eye, two eyes on it. They look at into the back very briefly towards Aurelia. One of them winks, then they shut. Aurelia gives it uh, a smile. Like That's a cool familiar. <laughs> yeah, they, they are something. They are something. I love them, but they are something. And this also kind of explains why Anne even has a super flashy umbrella, because the rest of her outfit is shades of gray and black. She's wearing a gray woolen coat. She's wearing uh, likely some kind of dress underneath, because all you can see coming out of the coat is two legs covered in uh, in in uh, thick... Um, are these called stockings? Because I know they're not called panties. Like they are in yes. the yeah, Stockings would be like... appropriate if they're thick. If they were relatively thin, yeah. sure, leggings would have worked. No, but leggings don't have feet. Anyway, so they're it's th- definitely stockings. It's stockings, yes. <laughs> so she's wearing she's wearing black stockings underneath and just simple black shoes. Her hair is still up in a ponytail. So everything about her is pretty plain Jane. And then all of a sudden she has this very, very brightly patterned and colored umbrella. It kind of didn't quite fit uh, fit her entire image. But it being a familiar does explain some more. Um, on Madeline's outcry, Anne is just extremely happy that there's not too many people in the road because she does definitely swerve for a bit because she's like, what is happening? Why is somebody saying, oh, in the back of my car? Um, But yeah, she straightens out the car easily enough because there's nobody on the road. I guess Aurelia really stands out then with her combat boons, ripped jeans, plaid shirt, and like 
uh, old military jacket and her green hair. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Just a little bit of a feeling of a new punk band has come to town today. All right. The drive goes pretty safe and calm to the motel, or sorry, the old inn that has been booked out for you guys. It's not a especially large building. It might have like 15 rooms in it at most. And a couple of them look like they've been updated for meetings. Probably used for small business conferences and such these days. Both of you have been given large or as large as they seem to get in this in rooms that look relatively comfortable. And there is an itinerary that says three to meet over breakfast with Mr. Anders Vargas. And three does seem to include all of you. No one has anything surprised. We can actually move to breakfast and see what happens. Wait, seriously, you're staying here? Do you know this place? Something wrong with this place? No, no, nothing is wrong, but this is expensive as hell. Um, well, about that, I think the person we're meeting was once someone who had a significant amount of wealth, so this may just be kind of per the course for them. Once had... I'm coming with you to your to your room. Um, you definitely need some help with your suitcase, and uh, then you're going to tell me everything about why you are here and why I knew this a couple hours ago. And why some wealthy dude is asking me for breakfast. Yeah, uh, we kind of have a lot to catch up on. We don't have a lot of details, but the details we do have are very perplexing, to say the least. So, yeah, just come hang out in our room for a while. I'll make us all tea. And then she pauses to think of whether or not she packed her tea. She nods like, yeah, I'll make us all tea. And we can just have a little chat. Come on, Aurelia. And she kind of. Gives Aurelia a look of, like, be on your best behavior. Absolutely no chance. <laughs> you are going to use that bubble bath that is in there, and you are going to use the entire tube of bubble bath soap in one go. No question about it. Oh, yeah. This ancient inn has been updated with amazingly wonderful amenities. It does have the jacuzzi baths in the bathroom. It does have the very old-looking light fixtures that have been retrofitted to electric light in all the main rooms. It's one of those places that crosses 17th century with modern in such a way that they look like they were actually designed at the same time instead of separately. And it does it with elegance. I'd say at that point as they're walking, Madeline kind of slows down to kind of fall behind and be next to Aurelia just so she can lean in and whisper, remember, they're paying only for reasonable expenses. You know what's not a reasonable expense? Mini bar rating. I look at her, roll my eyes. Why even invite us to one of these fancy hotels if that is not included? All I know is if it's coming out of anyone's pay, it's going to be your pay, not mine. And that goes for you too, Joseph. No touching the mini bar. Joseph looks at you remarkably confused. Is it my size? Let's just say, if you see someone, and then she kind of darts her head towards Aurelia, going for the minibar, bite them. Okay. They usually have salted peanuts. No bribing the mouse. And pretzels? No bribing the human. 
we'll have to check. And with that, I think she would kind of walk faster and just walk side by side with Anne and just kind of chit chat as they make their way up to the hotel room. All right. It's actually a pretty reasonable night today. The hotel's very comfortable, pretty quiet, which is good considering how late you guys came in. All right. No extremely noticeable dreams tonight for Aurelia. And in the morning, there is a small conference room set aside downstairs for you guys that has a large full continental breakfast buffet in it. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.